This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're listening to The Property Show on the Morning Run. I'm Sim Wee Boon. The Malaysian Institute of Planners started off in the early 70s as a body to promote the advancement of town planning in Malaysia and has since grown to comprise of various chapters and leading the charge for the field in Malaysia. Joining me on the show today is the newly appointed president, Datin Noraida Saludin, and we'll be discussing the future of town planning in Malaysia and the latest hot-button issue, affordability. Good morning and welcome to the show, Datin. So let's start off with the first question that I have. Maybe you can give some insight from this perspective of a town planner. How has COVID-19 affected town planning in general? COVID-19 has uh, a lot of uh, impacts uh, or a lot of effect from the a lot a lot of perspective in town planning. First, if you look at the city living itself, uh, it has greatly uh, impacted the, our our life in the city. Uh, how, for example, how we move about in the city, how the economic activities are run in the city, and uh, also how the uh, underprivileged are also affected in the city. From the planning perspective, its impact is, uh, I would say, very major and it cut across the board. So what's uh, affected most is how we live uh, our daily life in the city. And uh, we've seen our city now being, certain parts of the city being visited, left, uh, uh, there's no activities, that uh, vibrancy is gone. And uh, also, um, you know, a lot of public amenities, uh, they can't be used. But uh, I think moving forward, uh, we will need to relook really at how we uh, plan the city, how we manage the city. And uh, the other angle that how COVID has affected uh, town planning is directly how it has affected the uh, professions, the town plan, uh, the, the town planning professional itself. Uh, a lot of uh, our members uh, are affected uh, because there's a slowdown in, in development, for example, and uh, projects are being uh, reviewed, projects are being uh, halted, and uh, a lot of members are affected. And uh, this is something that quite a great concern for us at MIT uh, from both and from uh, the planning uh, perspective and the top the how it impact the people who are doing the planning itself. Okay, but what about the issues and um, flaws that have the pandemic has revealed in terms of the city that we live in? I think in terms of uh, when we talk about uh, intensity, densification, there are certain parts of the cities that are high density. And high density in or a certain level of densification is needed in a city in order to support infrastructure, in order to support public transportation. Because it's, it's, uh, people say it's chicken and, chicken and egg situation. Uh, for example, if you want to provide for uh, public transport, you need the people to be able to use the public. So you need to intensify uh, parts of the cities. But uh, on the other hand, uh, with densification comes uh, the important needs of also providing uh, the right facilities to support that densification. And uh, with COVID, 
uh, this become quite the issues become quite glaring, especially in the uh, our our local housing uh, where it's high intensity, but also lack of uh, amenities and facilities. So you imagine people are living in these uh, small unit houses, but they have no place or no outlets to go out. And we see how it has affected the mental health during the first uh, MCO when uh, in uh, last last uh, last year in March, where uh, people who stayed uh, in who stay in the uh, high density housing have no uh, avenue to, to 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 go out and for for recreational activities to take a, a break from uh, working from home uh, and there's a lot of other issues as well so uh, yes covid uh, affects uh, city living especially especially in the high density and high density area and uh, uh, with that gives us uh, the, the realization, uh, the knowledge that planning has to be integrated. All the quiet facilities within a so-called easily reachable uh, distance shall, shall need to be provided. And uh, this is where I think it comes up to the concept of now things need to be within a walkable distance of high density area. Key to this, I think, is you need densification in a city to support the investment of infrastructure, but that needs to be sort of uh, supported with good facilities. We've seen some as good example of high density development, especially if you go to Singapore. It's all high rises, all high, all high, high density, but the facilities provided are top notch. They are all integrated. So this is something that we need to look at to ensure that we provide the, the the amenities and the facilities that the society needs within easily reach. And it has to be sort of equally uh, distributed. Everybody has equal access to the benefits the cities offer, to the facilities that are being offered within the cities. So how might the town planner approach this issue in Malaysia with our cities in mind, uh, I'm, let, let's let's take KL for example. You know the city is old by Malaysian standards. Um, the infrastructures are there. The roads are built. The, the the spots where it's dense is already set. Is is there any way we can re- reconfigure this to more align with what you said earlier about connection, about you know um, all the ways that we can make it better? You have to understand that there are so many stakeholders or parties uh, uh, in city planning yeah, and city management. And in our country, it's a three-tier government, federal, state, and local government. The role of each uh, tiers of government are very important and it needs to be assimilated uh, to gel uh, nicely from right from the policy to the uh, implementation at the local level. Even at the local level, uh, Kuala Lumpur, for example, it's not just the DPL. It's also, uh, if you look at public transport, it's also the public transport authorities or the public transport agencies 
look at a river now a drains the huge monsoon drains in it's not just the ekl but it's also the uh, drainage department all this i think needs to be uh, it, it, to be approached in an integrated manner no longer town planning can be uh, done in silo and the city that plans uh, we have to plan it together with the community in the past it has been a more of a top down approach in city planning the probably the departments that are responsible to do the city planning did it in the past uh, you know at their level and then go go down to implement but now yeah, if we take the case of KL for example there's not much more room to do new development actually there's a lot more opportunity and needs to regenerate and to do regeneration you cannot just come and bulldoze everything because it's unlike uh, greenfield development within existing cities there is this major major component that is the the people so the approach in town planning as i said a city that plans is to actually plan it together with the people so here we are looking at a more localized kind of planning so say take for example greenfields so we got to understand the dynamics of activities in greenfield the dynamics of the stakeholders in greenfield uh, who the, uh, the people are uh, what they are what are their concerns and plan together with the businesses there for example so i think uh, that would be the approach now as we move uh, forward especially in our major cities cities like kuala lumpur uh, petaling jaya and jubbaru georgetown uh, and other few major cities uh, even the smaller cities eh, because we we can't we can't continue to open up new greenfield areas because uh, soon there will be no more greenfield areas will encroach into the uh, the forest will encroach into the area where we are supposed to secure the area agriculture area for food security so uh, even now food security is becoming a critical piece to our urbanization process and even in cities we are talking about uh, community gardens uh, as one of the solution not the, the the only solution but one of the solution for uh, for food security in city center for example okay we're going to take a short break for some messages stay with us bfm 89.9 Welcome back. You're tuned into the property show on the morning run. I'm Simwi Boon, and with me today is Dati Nuraida Saludin, the newly appointed president of the Malaysian Institute of Planners. Now, Dati, I want to talk about this other hot button issue, which is affordability. Why is it so hard for us to build affordable homes in our cities? There's a mismatch. I think there's a mismatch in terms of the price of house and the uh, affordability level, the income level, and uh, and the, the second one is the mismatch of location. Because uh, if you look at the dynamics or the, uh, the profile of people who are in need of affordable housing, they are the B40 uh, with low income uh, or even to a certain extent M40. 
and they are generally the the young population or the young family, the young couples uh, who can't afford anymore to buy uh, houses within city limits or within closer to the uh, city center, for example, uh, where that's where the hub of workspace, uh, employment, and all that. So uh, this mismatch of location because of the uh, the price of land, the so-called, eh, it's been said that the price of land in the center is so high, and uh, affordable housing get pushed to the uh, further location. So you get is now the, the the affordable housing, you know, as far as uh, in the past is it was PJ. Uh, but now you get pushed to Shah Alam, and now even you get pushed to even further to Klang uh, or the outer of the area, uh, the outer part of the Klang Valley, and uh, that puts even more cost of living for this uh, uh, the group of people who are really in need of affordable cost of transportation, cost of commuting. That this mismatch of location is quite great uh, problem, I think, and uh, because uh, it's not helped by, for example, government putting up the government land in the city center for privatization, and also then uh, the projects uh, doesn't have the affordable housing component. We used to have a lot of affordable housing in KL, for example, right? Flats, Sri Labuan, flats. Sabah and all that, but we didn't manage our uh, uh, our affordable housing scheme properly. It was they were on rental basis, but uh, I, I will not say lack of a proper management. But I would say probably the management has not been done in a more effective manner. People stay there even when they can. They are they are out of the affordability bracket that needs affordable housing. They still still, still uh, stay there. Uh, the current uh, version of affordable housing, the low cost uh, or the the BBKL flats, for example, some form of change management will need to be done. Uh, we should be looking at not home ownership but uh, rather uh, making sure there's shelter uh, for people. So the concept of uh, rental basis would probably be something that we need to seriously look. The government, for example, government build affordable housing and then rent it out. I think the current generation or the younger generation, they were, they're not really looking at to own. trend would be to look at uh, renting the house because then uh, as you, your family grows, then you can opt to go out and find better housing for your family. So the affordable housing concept in Malaysia really needs to be relooked in terms of how we manage uh, uh, affordable housing. Rather than going for home ownership, probably looking at making sure uh, there's a shelter. And I think uh, we have to make sure affordable housing uh, within the or near to employment centers. So would you say that cities in Malaysia are well-planned? Uh, yeah, demands and needs in the cities change, right? So when the city was first developed, they were well-planned at that point of time. 
So when Kuala Lumpur was small, they were well planned to take that land. And Kuala Lumpur was planned for a certain number of populations. So generally, I said cities are well planned, but they need to be replanned. They need to be uh, uh, relooked. They need to be uh, reinvented to suit the dynamics that's changing in the cities. And cities need to have the foresight of the future trends. In a, a, an example is in the past we do not we, we cannot imagine that this uh, this uh, e-commerce will come really uh, fast uh, in, uh, to, in, to, in uh, to to face us right I mean we were not uh, we didn't really know what e-commerce was but now with this uh, online shopping e-hailing cities need to tune to that. At a certain level, some form of flexibility needs to happen. So this requires city managers, the likes of uh, the officers at, at, at all uh, 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 local authorities, to be really knowledgeable, to be really able to anticipate and uh, know how to, to be creative in handling the un unforeseen uh, changes that happens to cities. So, so where does the conversation of sustainability come in then? Because on one hand, we have affordability, but what about sustainability, which is really gaining ground around the world? This is my favorite uh, topic. <laughs> sustainability is huge. Yeah? Basically, we are talking about from the context of the environment, from the context of economic sustainability, and from the context of social sustainability. And also, of course, uh, uh, when we talk about economic sustainability, we should be talking about financial sustainability. Being financially sustainable for a city is very important in order to be able to continue to manage the city better. So in terms of uh, all these three major components of sustainability, I think uh, the urban planning, and the urban planners, this is something that we cannot already ignore. It has to be assimilated in city planning. We have to look at how do we build cities greener? How do we reduce carbon emission in our cities? So all this uh, has to be looked at. How do we put the uh, intervention that uh, uh, our planning, our cities are being uh, managed and developed to encompass all these uh, criteria of sustainability. So, is Malaysia primed for this? Do we have the will and the infrastructure and the innovation to make our cities more sustainable? I think we are aware ahead also. I think there are a lot of good examples uh, in Malaysian cities. And I think there are also a lot of uh, good effort that has been done at city levels. But some of these interventions, they are ad hoc. What we really need to do is to really look at how we plan this in a holistic manner. KL, for example, they have come up with a Kuala Lumpur master plan on how to reduce carbon emission for quality. So the plans or the blueprints are there. But what's needed now is the willingness and the willpower and the uh, ambition to really go down and implement it. And uh, even for KL, I think, with all the problems that uh, we see, uh, there's been a, a lot of good efforts. Uh, you know, if you walk 
in certain certain areas in Kuala Lumpur. A lot of uh, pedestrian walkway have been connected. Uh, they've been uh, put in shelter. Uh, they've co- they covered walkway connecting certain key areas to another key areas. So these are the improvements that are being made by the local authorities. It's just that they are not being promoted. Trust me, there have been a lot of good efforts being done at the city level. Lastly, I want to congratulate you on your new role. Maybe you can outline some plans you have for the MIP moving forward. MIP is a professional organisation. Moving forward, my my aspiration is to future-proof the profession, uh, make our planning profession future-ready, make our planning process future-ready. I would like to put in a roadmap where uh, the profession is uh, ready for the new challenges of the future. Second is I would l- like to have planning profession and MIT to, to be seen and to be acknowledged as playing a, a, an important and significant role in the development of the nation. In the past, we've often been uh, disregarded. Uh, we've often been blamed for uh, things that have that goes wrong in the city. Uh, everything, every time it's uh, flooded in KL, they would say due to bad planning. But that's not necessarily correct because sometimes it's due to a lack of maintenance. So I think MIT and the planning profession, we have a role to also be more engaging with the community. That's all the time we have for today's property show. I've been speaking to Datin Noraida Saludin, the newly appointed president of the Malaysian Institute of Planners. I'm Sim Boon, signing off for the morning run. We've got the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.